Hello, America. Welcome. I want to start tonight with an all-American story. Yes, it's amazing. It's the ultimate zero-to-hero tale that ends up with a patriarch sitting proudly behind the resolute desk in the Oval Office. It involves vast wealth, sports cars, yeah, yeah, even a Corvette, expensive houses, crack cocaine, shell companies, foreign oligarchs, all of it, hookers, everything, and cover-ups that go straight to the top of the federal government. It's not a movie. It's just another day in the life of the Biden crime family. Now, let me tell you something. The story I'm about to tell you, Michael Corleone, be green with envy. Uh, It's also the story that I began to tell on radio today, and uh, for some strange reason, my podcast has been canceled uh, by Apple. You might want to check, see if it's back up yet. I'm sure they're going to tell us it was a mistake, but really? Because I've done business with Apple since the very beginning. And uh, I don't remember the last time they called me over to the house for a cup of coffee, you know? So last week, the House Oversight Committee released their third financial report that revealed the Bidens raked in $20 million in overseas payments. $20 million. Now, most of it happened while Joe Biden was vice president. Does that matter? Yes. Now, if you've been watching this show for the past seven or eight years, none of this will be new to you. I've lost track of the amount of chalkboards I've done, but the mainstream media has either ignored it all or have tried to make it appear as if Papa Joe was completely in the dark. Where am I? I don't... What? I've got blood on me. What? I don't have it. Joe was just a concerned father. He called Hunter every day because he's a good father. Look, 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 there he is. He is even bringing Hunter along on Air Force Two because he's such a concerned, good father. Now, he didn't know, you know, uh, what his son, his brother, daughter-in-law, et cetera, et cetera, were up to. No, I wouldn't do that. I, I call him every day, but I have no idea. Foreign hookers? What? No idea at all. It's a little insulting, sure, but... So is this cat. Would the media let this slide if we changed the name Hunter to Don Jr.? No, no. And the bias from both the media and the federal government is becoming so blatant, I've never witnessed anything like it. Not even him. No, he hasn't seen it. Here's an example. The Russian collusion hoax kicked off by a single conversation between George Papadopoulos and an Australian. Now, most people thought it was stupid at the time, even British intelligence. But the DOJ and the FBI charged forward and they spied on a presidential campaign. They tried to destroy an American citizen who happened to be running for president, Donald Trump. Now let me show you how the deep state takes care of their own. How many of us have actually read the Durham report? Page 69 describes an incident with Hillary Clinton that has largely not been talked about. The heading is titled, The Threat of Foreign Election Influence by Foreign Government Number 2. 
An FBI confidential human source informed the FBI that a foreign government was planning to planning a trip to meet with Hillary's people, not Trump, Hillary's. We know that money was involved. Pay for play was the motivation. But the specific details on which foreign country and which Clinton people were involved, it's classified. I accidentally put it in the vault right next to the Kennedy files, and I can't, I don't have the authorization to go get it. I, I wish I could. Do I wish? You bet I wish. Him too. He wishes too. An FBI field office immediately asked for a FISA warrant. Now, they wanted to know everything they could find out about this foreign agent when they arrived for the meeting with Clinton's people. Can you guess what happened? This is crazy. The FISA request suddenly, mysteriously, remained in limbo. You know, approximately four months, and nobody knows what happened to it. The FBI was scared of the name Clinton, and they didn't want to, quote, interfere with the presumed future presidential campaign. Uh, now you come to me with my ceramic cat. What'd they do? They went to Clinton and her people and warned them about the intelligence. No leaks to the media. They gave them the benefit of the doubt. And all of that tape recording, that's gone. We don't know what happened to it. Really? What happened? What happened? What happened at the uh, little meeting? Were they willing accomplices? No leaks to the media. No spying on her campaign. Now, that's an interesting contrast, isn't it? Trump, Clinton. The FBI altered the evidence in order to get a FISA warrant approved on Carter Page. And the rest is now dirty history. Hillary Clinton was one of their own. Donald Trump was not, and he paid the price. The Bidens are also one of their own, and they're pulling out all the stops to make sure they got a little protection, you know? You know, I'd hate to have something happen to you. Two days after the House Oversight Committee revealed the $20 million payments to the Bidens, the Attorney General stepped to the mic and said this. I'm here today to announce the appointment of David Weiss as a special counsel, consistent with the Department of Justice regulations governing such matters. Mm -hmm. In a July 2023 letter to Congress, mm -hmm. Mr. Weiss said that he had not to that point requested special counsel designation. On Tuesday of this week, Mr. Weiss advised me that in his judgment, his investigation had reached a stage at which he could, should continue his work as a special counsel, and he asked to be so appointed. The Department of Justice has finally named a special counsel to investigate Hunter Biden, and his name is David Weiss. That's great. Now, who is David Weiss? Well, he's the U.S. attorney that's been investigating Hunter Biden for years. He's the point man. He headed an investigation that two IRS whistleblowers recently accused the Department of Justice of, quote, slow walking investigation steps. So after months of investigative delay, the whistleblowers claimed that Weiss told them that he was that he had asked to be named as a special counsel, but was denied. Weiss and the Justice Department now claim this is a lie despite the whistleblower memorizing everything in an email and every other IRS person present that day going, yeah, that's exactly how it went. The Justice Department, the Attorney General, and David Weiss claimed that he had full authority 
and a special counsel wasn't needed. Well, if that was true, then why do they need one now? If Weiss had full authority for years and all he could muster was a plea agreement that the DOJ tried to sneak past a judge with blanket immunity, hmm, what's the new revelation that Weiss could possibly kick, kick up now? I mean, what, what is Weiss going to bring to the table? Maybe the answer lies in this CBS reporter's statement last week. A former federal prosecutor I spoke to just before this event said to me the appointment of a special counsel would have the effect of delaying a resolution on the Hunter Biden matter, in his opinion. And it would certainly delay any anticipated testimony from mm. the U.S. attorney in mm -hmm. Delaware to Republicans on Capitol Hill mm. who have been seeking that testimony for several months. Yeah, so it would delay the investigation. Delaying testimony kind of seems like the opposite of what the special counsel is supposed to do, doesn't it? What are they trying to hide here? Could it be America's first family is a crime family? Hmm. The tap dancing on this from the Bidens and Democrats and even the media has been hmm, interesting. First it was, Joe didn't know anything about his son's business dealings. Didn't know about it. Really? We now know that was a lie. Then the narrative changed to, well, okay, he, but he never discussed business with his son. We now know that was a lie. Then it was, okay, okay, okay. But he never met with any of his son's business partners. It was not like he was at the meetings or anything. Now that has been proven to be a lie. Now after Congress revealed $20 million in foreign payments, have you seen the new narrative? Summed up here in this piece from Politico, quote, but the White House accused the Kentucky Republican James Comer of moving the goalposts goal over the uh, lack of direct payments to Joe Biden. Does anyone know how a crime family works? That guy he never gets any money. I'm a poor man myself. Yeah. But, 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 but you don't have a direct payment with Joe's name on it. So take that. Mm. Are we being serious here? Are we being an adult? And I know I'm saying that with a ceramic cat right here, but is that how multinational pay-for-play schemes work in their world? A mob family is paid for their criminal activity. Hey, make it pay to the order of Don Corleone and uh, put in a little uh, note there uh, for murder of Sally Muckenfutch. Okay, so I remember. Another... Trump indictment in Georgia just dropped a couple of days ago, and the prosecutor, as expected, brought a, rock, a racketeering RICO case. Hmm. Now, what is a RICO case? Well, this is a case government goes after the mob, and uh, they use that, and they can just, they, it's a streamlining way of capturing people you know are getting money, but they don't have the money, you know what I'm saying? I don't know what you're saying. This is how they try to take the mob down and this is how they're trying to take down the Trumps. How is this not happening to the Bidens? We have over $20 million in foreign payments from oligarchs all over the world. That's happening while Joe Biden was vice president. What was the, the Biden crime family selling? See. That's the problem. The money didn't go to Joe, but it went to all of his relatives. 
What were they providing to Burisma? Not a single one of their defenders can answer that question. We know that Hunter Biden was paying his father's bills, phone bills, home repair bills. It's all over. We know that Hunter has said, quote, but don't worry, unlike Pop, I won't make you give me half your salary. Why would Pop make his adult children give half their salary? Would a RICO investigator just blow past all of this and say, yeah, but you don't have any direct evidence. That's when you'd be kicked off as the prosecutor and you'd probably go to jail because you were probably in on it. (gasps) How dare you say that? Yeah, I know it's a big stretch, isn't it? This is why RICO exists. And it is time the Democrats look at the Bidens as a crime family. What is wrong with the Republicans? Why will they not do this work? If the Department of Justice is too gutless or lazy, I'll lay out the RICO case for them. And then somebody in power, why don't you give it a whirl? Next. You know, I still can't get over the hubris that Joe Biden and the Democrats had when it comes to the subject of Ukraine. I lost count of how many chalkboards I'd done exposing everything they were up to in that country. People who can't even find a map. Everything they were doing, going back, it's weird to talk with cotton in your mouth, all the way back to 2014, mostly happening in silence. They were... uh, They were operating in the shadows. But the moment Donald Trump asked Ukraine to look into it, my kitty cat sit back. Yeah, Donald Trump, all hell is about to break loose. Suddenly, they all wanted the Ukraine story to be the biggest story in the world. And then they impeached the president over it. But I'm just saying... I don't think they realized. In their rush to stop President Trump, they began unraveling of what they themselves had been up to. You know, as we like to say in the family, whoever smelt it, dealt it. You know what I'm saying? Even the elementary kids understand things like this. Now, later in the show, I'm going to sit down with a former mob boss. He was the... The capo of the Colombo crime family. He had to defend himself in court at least two separate RICO cases. Um, I want to ask him, uh, do you think any of this could kick off the RICO statute? He said the players involved could be just talking about the crime, just talking about it. The person at the top or the boss, in this case referred to as the brand, he's a brand, you know. Uh, Anybody operating underneath the brand would be guilty, and the brand itself would be guilty. Do we have a case here? I brought my son Fredo in. Come here, Fredo. Come here, Fredo, yeah. Yeah, boss. What are you... uh, Idiots. I I want you to stand there and point your stuff on the chalkboard for me. You got it? Got it, boss. All right. He's a good kid. 
It kills me that I have to kill him in the third episode. Now, to establish this, uh, a RICO prosecutor would have to have a board kind of like this, one that Dumb Lump is standing next to. Can you point to it at least? Oh, the RICO prosecutor, you've probably seen something like this maybe in, uh, you know, a good family movie like Donnie Brasco. The boss is at the top, and all the unknown accomplices branch off connecting each member to their crimes. In real life, this was done to me. Mm -hmm. And then the Hell's Motor Club and the Genovese crime family. I can guarantee you that in these cases, the investigators did not place the second in command at the top and absolve the boss. They would love for that to happen, but nobody ever did that. Except that's what the Democrats and the media are currently trying to do now. What? All right, Hunter Biden, he's a crack addict. Oh, he was the ringleader. No, no, no. Hey, who's the top of the family there, huh? Papa Joe. Come here, come here. Crap. Come here. Come here. You're a good boy. Yeah, boss. You're a good boy. Oh. Stop talking. The brand, the brand Joe Biden was right at the top. He was, ah, kids, don't talk with cotton in your mouth. Oh, whew. I thought I swallowed one for a second. Um, he's the commodity. The president is the asset that was being sold. And when I'm finished, you tell me, did he know he was being sold? Mom. Yeah, the answer appears to be yes, according to our magic kitty. And if that's true, then Biden needs to be prosecuted just like all other RICO cases. Now, underneath the godfather, I'm putting Hunter Biden. He's the second in command and the direct link to the brand underneath Vito and Mike, I mean, no, sorry, underneath Joe and Hunter. We have the Capos. Now, who are they? Well, these are the associates at his company, Rosemont Seneca. That's Devin Archer, Eric uh, uh, how do you say his name? Schwerwin. Schwerwin? That's not how you say it. And Sebastian Motazi. Isn't he the crab? That's a different movie. I'll get into the Devin Archer uh, in a second, but let's just say I'm not buying his recent PR tour at Congress and then with his interview with Tucker. <laughs> I mean, it was crazy. We were just, you know, yeah, we shouldn't have done that. Hunter's other business partner, Eric, visited both the White House and then the vice president residence 36 times from 2009 to 2016. That would be Hunter's business partner up at the White House and then up at Joe's home. What were they talking about? What do you think, Kitty? Were they playing cards? Uh, surely it wasn't the weather. Not Hunter's overseas business activities either. That would be wrong. It'd be ludicrous to think that. I'm sure they were talking about Corvettes, aviator sunglasses. That makes much more sense, doesn't it? We'll come back to him later in the show. Hunter's next business partner was Sebastian. He maintained a Burisma.com email address while Hunter was on the board. 
but I'm sure he didn't know anything about what was going on in Ukraine. I mean, da. Now, a lot of my previous chalkboards, I outlined what we knew about the Bidens in Ukraine at the time. We knew Hunter was on the board of Burisma. We knew that Joe was the point man for Ukraine. We knew that Burisma didn't like the fact that the Ukrainian prosecutor general Shokin was interviewing the Burisma CEO. But now, after multiple whistleblowers and congressional testimony, the picture is a lot, lot clearer. Per Devin Archer's testimony, we now know that the first time he met with the Burisma CEO was in Moscow. And it was exactly, actually the exact same day that Russia invaded Crimea. Now, that's weird. You see, I find this interesting on several fronts. First, Burisma was one of the only Ukrainian energy companies, if not the only, that leased natural gas fields in the now Russian-backed state of Crimea. And Burisma's CEO had ties to the now ousted uh, former Russian-Ukrainian president. It's interesting, but it gets better. A month later, Devin Archer visits the White House. From his account, the meeting was something regarding his son's school project. Uh-huh. Quote, we were talking about his paper mache White House project for the second or third grade. He can remember that it was a paper mache project, but he can't remember if his son was in the second or third grade. Uh-huh. That's his story, and he'll be sticking to that. That's all they spoke about. From his White House testimony, this meeting took place around April 15th, 2014. I also find this interesting because three days earlier, Hunter Biden sent Devin Archer a lengthy email describing the situation in Ukraine and how their company can, quote, be of real value here. Hunter then mentions that his dad is about to travel to Ukraine. Oh, and then he tells Archer to buy a burner phone. How many times have people told you that? <laughs> hey, Girl Scouts, I know we're doing everything on the up and up here, but you should buy a burner phone. So, all while they were speaking at the White House there about a third-grade paper mache uh, project, could have been second grade, there was no talk about natural gas leases in Crimea or Burisma. No, I need an expert on paper mache. I go to Joe Biden. Three days later, Hunter joined his business partner, Devin Archer, on the Burisma board. Three days after that, Joe Biden landed in Ukraine, where he spoke about, what? Come on, paper mache, right? No. Wasn't security, corruption? No, it was fracking and greater energy production. And it all began with a fortuitous meeting in Moscow on the exact same day that Russia invaded Crimea. Now, the Biden crime family is either the luckiest family on the planet, and gosh, mom's going to be awfully upset, Wally, when she comes home and finds out You've been canoodling with an oligarch. It's always there, right there, magically, right there in the right place at the right time with the second most powerful man in the country, and it happens to be his dad. Well, the racket continues when we come back.
Now, we've all seen the video of Joe Biden bragging about getting the Ukrainian prosecutor general fired. We also know that both Hunter and his business partner, Devin Archer, were on the board of Burisma, a company that was being investigated by the guy Joe Biden just fired. Now, I've actually seen media reports claiming that, no, 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 it's actually okay. The prosecutor, Joe got fired, wasn't even investigating Burisma, so it's all good. Meanwhile, there's this from Ukrainian news. Shokin, the prosecutor Joe bragged about firing, began seizing assets from Jolkeski. That's the Burisma CEO. It's almost like the mainstream media doesn't even try, right? Now, these are the things that we know, and I've done extensive chalkboards over the past few years about this, but here are the updates. Senator Grassley released an FBI FD 1023 report. That's <laughs> what I always ask for when I get up. Do you have the FD 1023 report? It's a confidential human source. Uh, that met with Burisma executives who stated that Hunter Biden was on the Burisma board to, and I quote, protect us through his dad from all kinds of problems. This statement was backed this time by a second meeting with Burisma CEO, Joltkeski. Then, when he was asked if he was worried about Ukraine's prosecutor general, Shokin, he stated, quote, don't worry, Hunter will take business, take care of business and all those issues through his dad. Through his dad. So even if none of this happened, for Hunter Biden to make people believe that that was happening uh, is a crime. It's a crime. We also know that the State Department warned Biden while he was vice president about it looks pretty shady what your son is doing and was told to stand down. Now, he goes to uh, describe up to $10 million payments in two, to two separate Biden family members to ensure that he and his company were protected. He also stated the bank records and the phone recording back up these claims. So why didn't the FBI and DOJ move on this? I mean... They had it. I mean, a random conversation between George Papadopoulos and an Australian kick-started the entire Russia collusion hoax, and it didn't even originate from a trusted FBI source. Someone at both the FBI and DOJ sat on this. Now, I'll just place the unknown FBI agent one and the uh, DOJ official one up on the board, more information is sure to come of this. Now, Devin Archer's recent testimony sheds new light on all of this. He describes a meeting with Burisma executives in Dubai, where Hunter Biden is asked to intervene with something and call D.C. The ensuing details are a little fuzzy. So... This is why I'm not buying uh, Archer's little PR tour, because he then changes his statement and says, rather than calling D.C., he says, I call or he called his dad. But after prodding from his lawyer, oh, was that really a, his dad? He was like, oh, no, no. Did I say dad? I meant D.C. So which is it? And what happened next? 
Just a few days later, Joe Biden's office sent new talking points to the State Department specifically on how to handle questions regarding Burisma's CEO. If they were asked if Jolcheski was corrupt, they were to deflect. Why? This is a guy who cuts people's heads off. I'm not kidding. Not making that. That's not hyperbole. But the apparent Burisma and Biden influence shenanigans didn't stop there. Don't you hate that word when it's used for this? When the treason didn't stop there. Not long after, Burisma executives emailed Devin Archer about the legislation they were concerned about. Quote, I am genuinely looking forward to your ideas on how we could influence this process. Please note that I am going to share this information with the U.S. Embassy here in Kiev, as well as the office of Mr. Amos Hochstein in the States. Now, who is that? We're going to throw him up on the board. He was the U.S. Special Envoy and the coordinator for the International Energy Affairs. The very next day after this email from Burisma was sent, Eric showed uh, Hunter Biden his bio. This preceded multiple meetings with Hochstein that would then have, he would then have later with Joe Biden, including a meeting in the same West Wing, the same as the other meeting that I'm now calling the dinner from hell. Per Devin Archer's testimony, Joe Biden attended a business dinner in D.C. He joined his son's business partners, which he never didn't. He never talked to them about anything. He didn't even know them. Also in attendance were the Burisma executives, as well as Russian and Kazaki. Uh, uh, how do you say it? Kazakh oligarchs. Kazakh. Kazakh. That's right. Kazakhstan. The oligarchs from Kazakhstan. Whatever. Biden, who has claimed to have absolutely no knowledge of his business dealings with his son, who said he never spoke about business, never attended business dinners or business, business meetings. That was, that's one of them right there. And after dinner, a Burisma executive emailed Hunter Biden and said, and I quote, Dear Hunter, thank you for inviting me to D.C. and giving me an opportunity to meet your father and spend some time together. A couple weeks before this meeting, the Russian oligarch that was at the dinner, Yelena Batrina, deposited $3.5 million into a bank account tied to Hunter's businesses. Also around this time, the oligarch from Kazakhstan wired over $140,000 to a Hunter-connected entity to buy a Porsche. Wow. Now... I'm sure all these payments and dinners with the Vice President of the United States. That was just a coincidence, right? I mean, after all, Biden's received $8.1 million from China, $6.5 million from Ukraine, $3.5 million from Russia, $142,000 from Krapkanistan, and $3.1 million from Romania. I mean, Krapkanistan, step it up. You know what I'm saying? The Romanian and Chinese deals reveal a lot of the money that was being filtered and how it was filtered. So how does a mob family do it? Well, they have shell companies. Alleged shell companies would send payments to a pass-through lawyer named Robison Walker. Walker would then distribute the money to Hunter. 
Then James Biden, Hallie Biden, and even an unnamed person simply named as Biden. Now, why was Hallie receiving money for services she didn't have anything to do with? Or did she? I mean, that's an interesting question. If she had so much to do with it, enough to be, get a, to be able to get a lot of money to a, a company that's definitely not a shell company, what did that service uh, look like that she rendered through that company? What were they possibly doing? We have more on the Biden crime family than the government ever had on Al Capone. The question is now, will the GOP actually do anything? They're using RICO to go after Donald Trump. What else do Republicans need? We don't have a strong enough case. Yes, we do. In fact, I'll show you we clearly do. Come here, Fredo. Come here. Just come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. I'll kill you later in a boat. My next guest is a former mob capo. He's been through all of this. We'll find out, am I reading this right? Is this the way that RICO actually works? Do we have this right? And if so, nobody's asking these questions. What are the questions that need to be asked? Our mob capo next. Got to change before I don't want to see. When was the last time you checked the legal title on your home? Why? Because most victims of home title theft don't know they're a victim until it's too late. Take this homeowner, for instance. She pulled into her street one day and saw a bulldozer demolishing her home. Oh, there it was, just being torn down right before her eyes. She had no idea. She was the victim of a devastating crime called home title theft. A criminal had forged her signature on uh, her title, uh, onto the deed, then took money out, sold it. Somebody else thought that they were, you know, going to tear it down and and build a new house, her home, property, equity, the most valuable assets she had, gone. Home Title Lock is the only people that I know that can protect you. The instant they detect activity or tampering, they shut it down. First things first, you need to verify if you aren't already the victim of home title theft. Find out for free with a sign-up when you use the promo code BECK at HomeTitleLock.com. That's promo code BECK at HomeTitleLock.com. Go there now. You have no idea what it's like to change in a minute and a half. Um, We're going to bring in Michael Francis. He is a former uh, capo in the Colombo crime family, walked away from that life, now lives as a happily married man, 38 years, I think. He has a bi-weekly YouTube show called Sit Down with Michael Francis, huh? Gets over 5 million views per month. You can also see him September 23rd at Caesars Casino in Atlantic City and Philadelphia, where he will be talking the history of the mafia, which I would love to hear. He is fascinating and joins us now. Michael, welcome to the program. Well, thanks to have me back, Glenn. You bet. Okay, so we talked about this on the radio, um, I don't know, about a week ago. 
What does it take to open a RICO case? <laughs> well, since I've had three RICO indictments, uh, I'm very familiar with the process. You know, you have to have a group of people engaging in a pattern of criminal behavior, um, and uh, they call that racketeering. So in my case, you know, we were obviously an organized criminal group, and um, we engaged in a pattern of criminal activity by defrauding the government out of tax on every gallon of gasoline. We set up shell companies. We had money flowing into those companies, and then we would take that money and distribute it wherever we wanted to at that time. So, um, you know, basically that's it. And, you know, in, in the, with the feds, um, you don't need a lot of corroboration. If you have a witness, if you have suspicious bank reports, you have shell companies, you have money flowing in and you have a witness that says you were part of this conspiracy. That's all you need. I was never on tape. Nobody had fingered me doing anything at a location or anything like that. I just had witnesses that supported the documentation that they received from the bank. And it was very simple. So, uh, wow, it, it doesn't seem so simple nowadays, um, at least with one family. So when you had the shell companies, did you receive the money as the head of the family? Did you receive any of the money? Glenn, of course not. If I'm collecting illegitimate money, why would I make it come to me personally? We sent it everywhere else. We sent it through these companies. Quite often, we would go to the bank and take money out in cash. We'd have people come in and, and cash the funds. So, you know, the idea that it's so ridiculous to me, Glenn, that politicians are saying, well, none of this money ever went to Joe Biden. If it was legitimate money, why wouldn't it go to Joe Biden? It would go to an account and he would take it and spend it. But if you're you're influence peddling or you're selling your position, of course, you're not going to have the money go directly to you. And the fact that politicians are using that as, uh, you know, a, a, a basis of its innocence is just ridiculous. Makes no sense. So when you when you set up a, a shell company, I mean, I don't even know how you do it, but. Every member of his family, apparently except for Sailor, the new little granddaughter, I think has a shell company um, on their name. And it, it's called a shell company. Why? Well, because it, it has no function. It has no brick and mortar offices. It has no employees. It's not selling a, a product that you can hold in your hand. Uh, when you when you form a company, you're doing one of two things. You're conducting business. You're either selling a product or selling a service. If you're a consultant or an attorney or something in that capacity. Uh, and if you're doing neither, you don't need to do anything but have that company have the ability to set up a bank account to collect money. Yeah. And until or unless somebody shows me what the product that that company was selling, um, it's a shell company. Plain right. and simple. So is there a legitimate reason to have offshore companies? A legitimate reason? Yeah. Well, uh, again, you can have a company set up offshore if that company, again, is legitimately selling a product or a service. Okay. So for all of these shell companies that have received money f for the Biden family, somebody just needs to ask each member of the family what exactly service is being provided here, right? Absolutely, Glenn, and I can't understand why that has not been asked. What service did you provide or what product did you sell in order to collect this money? 
It's the simplest question, but it's not a question that anybody can answer because we can see through this and all the supporting evidence, the phone calls, the text messages, the laptop, you know, the the uh, witnesses, all the supporting evidence shows that there is no legitimate reason for these companies to be set up. If this were actually a mob family and not the president's family, would these people have been in jail by now? Absolutely, Glenn. And listen, I, I don't say that with any prejudice in mind. I say that because, like I said, I've had three racketeering indictments. I'm very familiar with the statute. And the evidence that's in front of you here, it's a slam dunk. But you, didn't, month, you, you, weren't, you, weren't, you didn't go to jail for racketeering, did you? Yeah, I did. I oh, took you a did. Plea. One of them. I took a plea on two racketeering cases. I was acquitted in another. And why this is a Reagan law, the RICO Act, is was that enacted so it's just easier to get people? Well, it was specifically enacted by a fellow by the name DeBakey, I think back in 1970, mm. uh, maybe even that. And it was specifically to go after the mob. And they wanted to be able to target the bosses of the, of the mob and show that there was a criminal enterprise. Uh, but, you know, like anything else, you give the government an inch, they take a yard and they expanded it. Yeah. The use. yeah. I mean, they're using Rico to go after Donald Trump uh, and not using Rico to go after the crime family that I think is in the White House now. Absolutely, Glenn. And, you know, just to comment on, on the Trump indictment, I don't, there was no criminal organization there that engaged in a pattern of racketeering over a period of time. This allegedly in Georgia, from what I've seen last mm -hmm. night, is one specific set of instances in Georgia. There wasn't a pattern of this going all right. around the country. Correct. It certainly didn't establish that. So, all right. Misuse that. Uh, thank you so much, Michael. I appreciate it. God bless. Thanks for being on the Thanks program. Thanks a lot. You bet. <laughs> I know, Kitty. I know. It's crazy. It is crazy what's going on. Even. Even the kitty cat is really upset. She's like, if I may, kitty. Okay, good. I'll go ahead and say. Uh, Donald Trump, they're using the RICO Act. And they're charging a whole bunch of people for conspiracy. Who's a conspiracy theorist? For conspiracy to further a crime. And some of those charges are, he asked the, he asked the state rep, for the legislative phone number for the GOP. Furthering that conspiracy and that crime. Yep, yeah. It's that kind of hard-hitting stuff that makes you just want to stare into the face of the kitty cat and say, What happened to my country? I could have been a ventriloquist. I could have been somebody. <sighs> yeah, that's what the kitty said. Could have been somebody or whatever. The kitty said, I'm really quite lost, but it's late. So I'll see you on tomorrow's radio program. That's if Apple reinstalls us as a podcast. We'll see you tomorrow on the radio.